Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. On today's episode, we have Lou Faustin. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. (laughs) She is a former uh, uh, bodybuilder uh, physique, I believe. Uh, Uh, Figure. Figure. And Mm -hmm. uh, she is from Belgium um, and she has scoliosis and she's going to tell us her story from the time she was diagnosed to competing and to the present. So I would like to welcome Lou to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Um, I know that we bonded um, with scoliosis. Imagine that, right? Yeah. It's something that I remember not wanting to talk about. Uh, and that you don't realize how many people have it. And a lot of people have it and they just don't know. It's just a mild, a mild curve. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hide it if you want, you know. Um, but with me, there's no hiding it. Um, I'm on stage uh, as a bodybuilder. I still compete. I think I'm going to go back on stage as of next next year. Um, it's been four years since I last competed, and I'm ready to get back on stage. Um, I mean, and I'm excited. I'm excited. So we found out that I had scoliosis when I was I, I was I was maybe in ninth grade. My sister was behind me, and she was we were on the same track team in high school. And I'm stretching, I'm reaching for my toes. And she comes behind me and she's like, why is your back like that in front of everyone? <laughs> and I Thanks, was like, sis. yeah, right. I was like, what are you talking about? My back is just as, just like yours. Um, she's like, no, 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 no. And I was actually, I'll get back to it. But we, I went home, my, my sister showed my parents, I did the, the, you know, bent over, touched my toes. And my parents were like, wait, what's going on here? We ended up going to see an orthopedic surgeon, went to go see a chiropractor. Uh, and I remember just going through all the whole motions of seeing these different people and, and their different view, viewpoints on how it could be corrected, how it could be fixed. And all these false promises on certain things that some folks could and really couldn't do. Uh, I remember the, the, the love-hate relationship, I would say the hate relationship between the chiropractor and the orthopedic surgeon, the chiropractor said, through cracking, we'll make your curve disappear. And I'm like, yay, okay. Mind you, I was maybe what, 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the orthopedic surgeon was like, no, we got to go in there. We got to fuse the spine. We got to go with the surgeries. And my father was like, no, 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 no. And um, it, it was interesting because I went through this whole this, the feelings of, I always do the sit and reach test. I always do the bend over and touch your toes test going to school mm-hmm. every year for my complete physical. No one found this. And it wasn't just overnight that my back started to, you know, yeah. become Not this like- way. No, exactly. So yeah. I went through that, 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 that 
hatred or that anger towards my general practitioner. I was like, why couldn't you fix this? Why couldn't you have found this earlier? And it was annoying because I remember as a kid, I was always shifting my weight to one side of my body. And I would stand with like my foot on the other foot. It, it was really weird. My mom called me like, I looked like a hen, I looked like a chicken. I would always prop one foot on the other. Okay. And I realized now getting older and realizing that it's scoliosis, that I was just shifting my weight just mm -hmm. to make myself be able to stand for a long period of time. And you don't think about this stuff. I was an athlete. I've been an athlete my entire life, track and field, soccer. And I just didn't want to be defeated. I didn't want to feel like I had to, um, uh, you know, this is what defined me. Um, I remember getting a separate set of books for school because they were like, you couldn't have a, a you know, heavy backpack. Um, you have to, you know, basically baby it. And that's what I, what I didn't like. Yeah. Honestly, I did not like that. Was this all and in the States? This was happening? This was, this was the States, yeah, this was okay. in the States. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In New York. Okay. And, um, you know, it, it was really frustrating because, again, I, I did not want to be that kid that was different in school. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be the target of this. I mean, I'm an athlete, you know, I was like, I could never show weakness. Yeah. And it, it growing, and I'm realizing it's not weakness. It's just how my body was. And it's just how my body still is. Um, fast forward to, you know, the years of going to see the, the chiropractor. We chose to do the chiropractor instead of the, the orthopedic surgeon. Um, because I also told my parents, I said, I just don't feel comfortable with the, um, the um, procedure. Um, in addition to that, the chiropractor was actually a family friend. And I think he also was in the ear of my parents was like, don't do it. And, and I, I'm, I know that I know you got the, the surgery. Uh, yeah. And I just couldn't get it just for myself. Um, I said, you know what, let me, let me try everything that I could possibly try right now to see if this is something that I can do later on in life, or if I can work on building the muscles around my spine and we'll see how it is. How old were you when this was? When I was 14, 15 years okay. old, I want to say, okay. when I got, when I was diagnosed. And um, we were just, it was just weekly trips. My father would drive me to see my chiropractor once a week. We get realigned, readjusted, and I felt great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Little did I know that he really wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it was just the thought. It was just the, the action of doing it. It felt like it was a placebo effect. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was doing something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started working out when I was hitting the gym around the same time. Okay. And I felt strong. I felt empowered. And I've never looked back. I've never looked back. And I remember when I got into my 20s, I remember even before that, bodybuilding was something that fascinated me. I loved muscle on a woman's physique. I loved muscle. I just loved the strong, almost cartoonish look mm -hmm. that I would see action figures. Okay. How women would be portrayed as action figures. And I said, you know what? I love it. I was 12 years old. And I remember saying that I wanted to have visible veins in my arms and my biceps showing. <laughs> and that was there. <laughs> and so at a young age, uh -huh, I was, I absolutely was. And I remember my father getting a membership at Planet Fitness and he was like, you want to come? And I was like, yeah. And I was his gym buddy from the, the age that I was diagnosed when I found the, the scoliosis. And when so, you... actually, no, 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 I'm lying. I went to the gym before that, actually. Okay. 
when you yeah. when you were diagnosed were you in pain when your sister like looked at your back there was no pain no and, pain and do you remember what your curves were when you were diagnosed i don't okay. i don't but okay. i remember the x-rays and my curve is an s okay so i have an s curve okay um, yeah but no pain none started none. working out felt amazing yeah got back control which is you it's it's such a valuable point and you said something earlier which has slipped out of my mind but uh well the the two you know the chiropractor and the orthopedic like fighting against each other mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and this so often this happens so much because nobody listens to the to the initial person everybody's yeah. an expert in their department which is great mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. the patient gets lost along the way mm -hmm. so you were like you know what i'm not going to do that with the support of your parents and mm -hmm. you started taking off and working out and got into bodybuilding and how was that as you started to see your muscles and possibly your veins popping out yeah <laughs> you know what it, it was, it was definitely, um, it was a punch in the gut in the beginning okay. because bodybuilding is all about symmetry, right? You have to be the most symmetrical on stage. And I remember learning the poses as a, I started out as a bikini competitor. So I was mm -hmm. a lot smaller than I am now. Um, so with the bikini competitive competitions and the, the athletes, you can have the long hair and you can hide your back. And I, that's why I did it in the beginning. I said, oh, I could just be pretty on stage. I can have some muscle um, and I can hide my back uh, because you don't move your back, your hair out of your back to show your, your the back okay. muscles. You just okay. show your back and it's just, they're mostly looking at the glutes and the legs and that's it. So I was like, this is great. And then I kept building muscle and then I grew out of that division and I wanted to, and it was just, learning the poses for the mandatory poses required for a figure competitor, you have to move the hair out of the way. You have to show your back. You have to open up the back to show the, the muscle and the density and the thickness of your back. Mm -hmm. And that scared me. And I remember, and I have my first stage shots of my first competition ever in the States. You can see the curve. And I, <laughs> I did not win that show. I remember getting the feedback from the judges and them saying, oh, you have a, you, you're beautiful. You've got a grace, you light up on stage, but, but you're back. And I was so upset. I felt, I felt broken because I spent the last couple of months and years envisioning that me being on stage in the States, my parents were there, my sister came, you know, I had family friends that came and they were like, oh, Lou was on stage first, yeah. first show that she did here in the United States. Uh, and the feedback wasn't good. And I was gutted. Before that, I ended up doing shows in Belgium and I was crowned the Miss Fitness Belgium title okay. because I didn't have to also move my hair. So it was different federation, different set of judging, different set of rules. And I looked great on stage mm -hmm. from the front without moving my hair. So did it stop me? No. No, I hired a posing coach. I said, take my coins, take my money. I'm gonna, get, <laughs> I'm gonna do this. I was like, I'm gonna do this. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to my mom and her seeing some of my photos from back in Belgium. And she was like, why are you not competing again? Cause I remember it took me a, a year or two to get back on stage at that point. She was like, why are you not competing? 
what did you forget how to compete? And I'm like, no, here's this little Haitian lady who's telling me that I, <laughs> you know what I mean? She knows nothing about bodybuilding, yeah. but she supported my journey. And I'm super grateful for that. And I remember whatever money that I had at the time was just, just getting out of college. I was broke. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a posing coach. And bodybuilding is a very expensive sport. I hired a posing coach on top of a regular coach, on top of a nutritionist, on top of all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? We're going to work on this. We're going to work on this. And I realized that I am no different from a lot of these girls on stage who just know how to pose their body. And you find those poses that are right for you. Maybe I'm not opening up as wide as these girls, mm -hmm. or maybe my arm is a little bit higher on the left side, mm -hmm. so it hides the curve on the right side. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'm not leaning too far forward um, to show that. Or maybe I'm just standing a little straighter, not to show it. Or maybe my I'm on my toes on one side of my, you know, on one leg or what have you. Yeah. But these are little tricks that you learn along the way through experience and through proper posing and through mm -hmm. proper instruction. So you just and, had uh, to exaggerate the poses where necessary yeah. so that you didn't look off yeah. center or distorted yeah. Yeah. for the judges. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so interesting. It's so interesting. And when you talk about, I, I can, there's a, I can relate with the, um, when you had the judge who said, but you're back. Because mm -hmm. I auditioned uh, when I was a teenager, I had already had my surgery and I auditioned for LaGuardia High School for ballet. Oh. And they saw my scar. Really? And they said no. Yeah. The that, scar? Yeah, they saw my scar and they said no. Oh. And it just it cut me like like a knife, pun intended, in multiple ways. It stopped the my scar. It stopped, it stopped my career of dance. That's insane. Not even that there was no curve. It was just oh, the scar. I, yeah, it was the scar, but they knew what was behind the scar. Oh my god. Did you perform like there was a scar? Well, I can't, I don't have flexibility. So I can't extend back. Oh, but was that, was that the defining factor? Was it the flexibility or was it? It was just that I was limited. I have spinal, you know, I have spinal limitations mm -hmm, and in mm -hmm. ballet that doesn't work. And they saw the scar and they were like, yeah, sorry, thanks, no. You know, what's interesting though is I've come across ballerinas with scoliosis mm -hmm. <laughs> and pace. They, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's not a, I, 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 I'm upset at that. It's, it's, I get it. I get it. You know, when you, but you, but you have this force that drives you and that's why I wanted to bring you on the show because in the five minutes of time that we spoke previously about this, Mm -hmm. at our friend's birthday party you know it was kind of like oh you have scoliosis cool <laughs> yeah. you know but it's and it's it can be it the physical part we already know about but the mental yeah. debilitations that yeah. come sometimes with scoliosis weigh far more than the curves Absolutely. and the and the fact of what you have gone through and to get to the point of competing and still competing with your yeah. curves, you know, I think is, it's worth its weight in gold. And, yeah, and for people, absolutely. And, and for people to hear that and say, hey, she can do that. 
and you know this one whoever you know whoever's on the show but you're coming out here and you're like the tricks that you had to learn mm-hmm. the posing of the hair mm-hmm. yeah. it's just really interesting and i and i think that it has a lot to offer to people if you know if somebody wants to get into bodybuilding 100 uh, percent. like 100%. yeah uh, and, and i'm sorry go ahead no no go go <laughs> well, another thing is, is I'm also a um, powerlifter and lifting heavy, you know, we're told don't lift heavy, you know, it's going to, it's going to mess you up. It's not well, a woman with scoliosis or a person in general should not be deadlifting, shouldn't be squatting, shouldn't be doing any of these things, avoid the gym. And no, <laughs> no, Make no, your best no. friend. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I remember um, meeting my boyfriend who's a, a powerlifter and, you know, he didn't see the curve, right? And I've, I've, I was fortunate that I built the muscle around the back. So of course, and we tell this to anyone, no one's going to start picking up 200 pounds without yeah. any proper, yeah. you know, muscle or whatever development. Um, but I had built up enough muscle around my body to be able to be in a position to currently now deadlift 440 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll yeah. Watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but another thing is, and this goes hand in hand with the bodybuilding, you know, of course it's just aesthetics. You're looking at the body, the physique, you're critiquing just that, but performance as well. We are not nothing. You know, we are not crippled. We are not handicap we we are able to move you know this mm-hmm. is something that we should not feel limited by that curve or our curves and that's what right. i if, if anyone takes anything away from this it's not just to become a bodybuilder or or be a powerlifter but wear that open back shirt put your hair up you know let people see your back you yeah. know wear that bikini people are going to talk anyway you know, but if you're comfortable and you're confident in what you have on it, so much that you're wearing a bikini on stage and you're letting a judge pick apart your physique, go you, for you, it. Can, you, you can, if you can let that happen, you can exactly. do anything. Yeah, exactly. Don't let, don't let your curves define you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I will say this, there are two, I, mean, I'm, I would love for you to research this as well, if you want, or some folks who are curious about this. The um, powerlifter, who was one of the strongest men, he's still alive. He's 63 years old now. His name is Lamar Grant. Mm-hmm. He was one of, and probably still is in his weight class, the, um, had the heaviest deadlift pull at 123 pounds. I believe he pulled 600 pounds in competition at a tested federation, yep. Wow. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Now, that goes to one side of what I do, back to the bodybuilding. Figure Olympia. So the Olympia is the, the biggest show in the bodybuilding calendar um, for the biggest federation. It's what okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger won okay. uh, seven times. The woman who actually pushed me to continue to compete and to get back into competing as of this next year, she is the five-time winner of uh, the Olympia for figure. Okay. She has scoliosis. Her name is uh, Sydney Gillian. Okay, that's she awesome. Yeah. She won five times, and she won just last month. Any questions? And you can see the curve on stage, but guess what? She still won. Yeah, it's come <laughs> a, it's come a long way. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. those stories, you hear them and you're like, it's so different yeah. from, from when we were kids, you know, it, yeah. the, the taboo is slowly diminishing and people yeah. are becoming like way more accepting of it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's really nice to hear because. Oh, a hundred percent because you had you had it when they told you about your back I had it you know there's other people that have had it on the podcast and we cry you know there's still points where it's still dark in our life yeah. um but okay. it's like it's it's just it's really heartwarming to hear what's going on did anybody ever suggest any type of therapy for you for your scoliosis specifics therapy no okay no okay no that's I mean I, I got into um Pilates reformer um, we talked about that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I got into that because of it. And I, I remember the, the whole lengthening of the spine, and this and that. Yeah. And um, Pilates was great for me to teach. It was great for me to know. It was great for me to be for, you know, body awareness. Mm -hmm. But I prefer lifting heavy weights. I prefer lifting. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that being able to try it yourself, try both of them yourself mm -hmm. is key. Um, there is no one size fits all, but I think by me telling someone that for me, I would prefer lifting weights over Pilates mm -hmm. doesn't make it a reality for the next person or for someone who's listening to this. Yeah. I always say, try it out. So if there are therapies or something that you've tried that you're right. open to sharing, then I would, I, yeah. I try it. Well, the, the yeah. great thing is that, you know, I love that we can incorporate different things like you can take some of the pilates and you can bring it into your clients yes. with weight training with bodybuilding mm -hmm. and if yes. it's just using your body and it's their first time they're in for a rude awakening mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it goes deep yeah, yeah. it goes yeah. deep and it, it yeah. i mean i got certified in mat pilates because it quote unquote made me feel normal just you know the movements i was like oh i don't feel like i'm yeah. fused and i don't feel like i have hardware to, fused to my spine and mm -hmm. so but lou quick question if somebody would like to find you on instagram or on social media where is the best place that they can reach out to you sure my instagram um it's my name it's lou faustin pro uh, that's it okay yeah um, Lou, I'd like to thank you for being a guest on T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. Uh, we, we, you know, we agreed that we connected for like five minutes yeah. <laughs> at our friend's birthday party. And we were like, let's party. We have scoliosis. <laughs> but I just no, wanted, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on and, and talking about your story, because if one, five, however many people hear your story, if it gives them the physical as well as emotional and mental strength to carry on, then it's one, five, however many people more than we had before. So I just want to say thank you for, for letting us into your world of competition because I personally don't know anybody who has scoliosis who competes, but I'm happy to say that I do now. So Lou, I'd like to thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you for having me. This has been... This is a learning thing for me as well. Being able to just openly talk about it with someone who knows exactly what you're feeling and how you felt. And it, it's something that I, I wish that I had spoken about it sooner. Absolutely. Well, hopefully it becomes yeah. more contagious in our area. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.